Hello, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Hockey. Uh, it's Monday. It's January 8th. We have Raven Gasser here on the ones and twos producing. Um, yeah, we're, we're here to uh, start your week off with a little bit of hockey talk. This is going to be a daily show here on the Alethio Network. Uh, it's been quite an exciting day here as we've doubled our production, essentially. Um, yes, sir. Oliver and I got our own page up on the Alethio Network, Spotify, and Apple. So go check out our podcast, On the Gravel. Yeah, we're trying to grow this thing. We got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of plans in store, a lot of things we want to do and provide as far as new and exciting uh sports content that kind of breaks the mold as far as what is uh, considered sports content and the sports that are kind of getting the attention that they deserve. So we're really pumped to have those guys with their own page on the F on the network. So find that on Spotify, find that on Apple music on the, on the gravel, right? Yeah, that's right. On the gravel. All right. So Connor Bedard, Raven, yeah. huge injury, fractured jaw. That's tough. It, it it so. Brendan Smith steps up on Connor Bedard, Devils, Devils Blackhawks, um, the Blackhawks with a really gutsy win yesterday against the Calgary Flames. Um, arguably one of the bigger upset wins of the season, as far as uh, some of these games go. Uh, maybe one of them being. Edmonton, San Jose earlier in the season. And um, that was a game that everybody was watching. And this is a big blow for the Blackhawks. I um, don't know what the Blackhawks are really going to do. Um, the it, It's such a shame. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what to really think about this, Raven. I mean, it looks like he's going to probably be out for... You know, at least a week, probably more. I I um, think it's going to be more like. I was to say it's probably going to be three to a month just to like. I've heard really four to six. It. I've really. heard four to six, and it could be six to eight. He was picked to be the youngest uh, participant in the NHL All Star Game when the NHL released its first round of uh, All Star Game participants, and um, he was picked to be the Blackhawks representative at the game. Uh, this is not where I expected this to go right off the hop, but we can definitely uh, get into it. So the NHL announced on Friday its first round of uh, all-star game players, and they picked Bedard, and of course he was going to go. Uh, why wouldn't the NHL want him there, especially for the this, the limited skills competition that they're doing with the small amount of players and the uh, like, not every player that's playing in the All-Star game is participating in the skills competition. It's only going to be a select number. I think it's 10 guys or 12 guys, maybe. Um, so if Bedard can't play, that'll be a big blow for the NHL in Toronto, um, m- having him miss out on that. The Hawks just have a bunch of other inju- injuries throughout the lineup, too, uh, which don't help. Obviously, the Taylor Hall situation... Uh, Andreas Athanasiu has missed some time. Seth Jones has missed some time. Nick Foligno is going to miss some time now, which is uh, really a tough accompaniment for the Bedard injury. Um, on the bright side, though, uh, you have all these guys like Colin Blackwell and Jason Dickinson and Peter Morazic even in the net. 
that are really producing for the Hawks and playing a lot better than expected. You're not getting that. Um, you're not getting a lack of effort from the Hawks, which is appreciated by the fans, definitely. I mean, with all the injuries, seeing these guys still go out there and play is pretty impressive. And the fact that they're they don't really have much, but they're still going out there, putting up a fight, having that huge amount of just effort being shown to the fans really does go a long way in that sense. Yeah, it does. Um, Maybe the Hawks move on from a couple pieces when it comes to the trade deadline too, and uh, they try and recoup a few bits of draft capital heading into the offseason where – you know, I, I heard through the through the hockey grapevine that Nick Felino was just very happy here in Chicago and that he would have signed here if he had the option to today, you know, like if he had the if he had the choice of teams like he did in the summer right now, um, he would still sign here, which is uh speaks to a lot to what the Hawks are trying to do with Kyle Davidson and Connor Bedard in this new era of Hawks hockey. Um, I think that's going to rain true in the summertime, this upcoming summertime. Uh, the news of the day is that William Nylander has signed his eight year, 11.5 annual value extension with the Leafs today. So that takes him off the board as a potential Hawks target and free agency. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other players that will become free agents this summer. Um, even looking at bigger names, potentially Sam Reinhart. I don't know what his situation is as far as contract talks in Florida. I think they're uh, pretty pretty minimal right now. Um, but it, um, it it's an interesting thing that the Hawks will be... The expectations are low, you know, and uh, they're not going to play at that, which is good because I don't even think they're really trying to tank. I think they're just playing the card the hand that they've been dealt a little bit and um because i did think they thought they'd be a little bit better than they are this year or just that like they'd be able to ice a better team than they are right now on a night-to-night basis um but yeah so rough start for the hawks um rough go of it for the hawks things will get better as as time goes on um shout out peter morazic though for just playing really hard every night too, making a lot of saves for the Hawks in that he could have uh, just as easily been their all-star game representative for the goalies because it's such a such a gamble. So um, on the other side of that loss yesterday was the Calgary Flames. Tough weekend. They lost uh, to the Flyers on Saturday night as well. Um, but they had a good weekend from Jonathan Huberto, who had a goal and two assists. And... Believe it or not, though, with an under 500 record, they are only two points out of a playoff spot. So even though things may be a little bit rough in Calgary right now, there is hope for maybe a bit of a turnaround and trying to get into the playoffs this season. Um, You you don't want to say people are bad and teams are bad, but the West is definitely... both, Both the playoff races in the East and the West are... Um, tight right now, but it's mostly because of the 
Eastern Conference that it looks a bit more competitive. The West is a bit more guy. Uh, teams are fighting to see who wants it the least. Lately, at least, Arizona's on a bit of a losing skid. They've lost three in a row. Um, Seattle's playing better, uh, highlighted by the Winter Classic that featured the first shutout in Winter Classic history. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see where Calgary goes with their season. Four eighty-eight points percentage, like I mentioned, and um, but it's nice to see Jonathan Huberdeau playing well. He was someone that I watched a lot of uh, earlier in his career, and it's always good to see someone like that who is important to a franchise like he was in Florida. And then he really gives a big commitment of his life and hockey playing career to Calgary. He commits nine years to playing in Calgary and it doesn't, it's been a rough year and a half really. And there's not a lot of knowledge or if it was going to be turned around, we know it was well-documented that he was trying everything from changing his stick tape and changing his play and working on his shooting and working on his mental game a little bit that um, eventually you would hope it would come. But uh, it's nice to see it paying a little bit of dividends for Jonathan Huberto. Um, Raven, is it time to brag about the United States a little bit? I feel like we can go on and brag a little bit. Yeah, so the United States wins their sixth World Junior Championship gold with a 6-2 win over Sweden uh, in what was a Friday afternoon game for us. It was a lovely time to watch a hockey game right after we were done recording. Um, the U.S. was all over the Swedish team by the end. They uh, had a little life at the end of the second period with the late Jonathan LeCaramacchi goal, but... The U.S. was just too much to overcome in the end, and they were dominant. And I, I, I am so impressed, honestly, by the state of USA hockey, the the growth that this country has seen in this sport, and to see it paying off regularly in dividends on a national stage is, I, um. Honestly, makes me more proud to be American than anything else lately, Raven. Um, but it's uh, it, it's cool to see. The, the guys were really pumped. Um, it is the World Juniors. People get too high and too low on this tournament. Um, I'm going to take my 30 seconds of national pride and move on. Other than that, like, hating on these kids is whack you, you, these guys are still kids yeah they're if if you're on the internet trolling or just saying nasty things to a 17 18 19 year old get a life um please and um, respectfully yeah respectfully get a life and don't come back and um but yeah, the United States was really just solid this whole tournament. They were perfect 7 and 0 throughout the whole tournament. And they have a lot of players that are that are eligible to return. Uh the Boston College line, Will Smith, Gabe Pro, Ryan Leonard, um all those guys first rounders last year. Um also Blackhawks first rounder Oliver Moore is eligible to return. Um Zeev Boyum, who's a 2024 eligible player who scored a goal in the final. Um, he's eligible to return. Cutter Gauthier was named the best forward of the tournament by the IHF. Um, 
David Carl, the coach of this team. Uh, he's a young guy. He's only 35. He already has a national championship with Denver, and now he has a world junior gold. So, um, Stacking if, up the resume, some would say. Yeah, I mean, hockey, like I, you know, we've talked about this, and you know, hockey's not really a sport where young guys like that get opportunities. Um, and that that's not always like a good thing, you know. Um, I I I, ha I don't profess to know too much about David Carl outside of the the limited I've taken in about what some of his players that have played for him, both at the World Juniors and at Denver, have said about him. And um, I watched an interview with him, and he uh, he's he seems like a very level-headed person, very. Um, uh, understanding I guess you could say of just almost like just I guess empathetic is the word of you know what these different players uh, might be living through situationally and going through and what kind of people they are so um, I definitely think he should be in the mix for some of those jobs the leap from college to the NHL straight is a difficult one um and college hockey jobs are like nice jobs to have. You know what I mean? They um, they pay very nicely. You can settle your family and your life there for however long you wish to stay there. And um, it, plus, you if you have a national championship ring, your 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 paychecks are probably signed for as long as you'd like to stick around town. So. Um, David Carl will probably have a litany of options at his disposal pretty soon. Um, it's just all about if he maybe wants to take an uh, assistant gig in the American Hockey League or maybe even on an NHL bench. Um, maybe the NHL does come knocking in the form of a head coaching opportunity. We'll see. Um, but it, the World Juniors, it was a great tournament overall. Um, I saw a lot of complaints about the officiating I, I'm not going to complain about it too much. There were definitely a couple of penalty calls that I questioned. Um, the Switzerland penalty call in the game, in the quarterfinal game against Sweden, definitely stands out. Um, I think Canada got their fair share of calls throughout the tournament. You know, I, I see a lot of the uh, Canadian distaste for the officiating on the internet. And, um, I think that's just the way it goes sometimes in the game. Um, but that doesn't mean that it definitely couldn't have been held to a higher standard. But these are still good officiate, uh, officiators. They're still good officials. They um, are some of the best in the world. Uh, keep in mind, it is the professional hockey season, too. So the IAHF may not be rocking with their consistent best talent that may be avail available to them towards the end of a lot of especially European league seasons um so it 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 was okay for what it was and we know it'll be better when it's played on Canadian soil next year in Ottawa and the year after here in St. Paul and Minneapolis um in 2026 so it, it it's exciting to see where it's all going. Uh, Czechia also won the bronze medal over Finland after coming back from a 5-2 deficit. The Czechs were really impressive throughout this tournament. Not a lot of people gave them many hopes throughout the entirety of the tournament. Uh, Yuri Kulik, the Czech captain, was 
outstanding. Um, Matias Milovsky was really good for the Czechs. Andre Becker was really good, especially in the, in the bronze medal game. Um, so the Czechs with a really impressive performance. The, Slo- uh, the Slovaks were also good. I know they had a disappointing loss in overtime to the Finns in the quarters, but they still had a really good collection of talent that would have put up the numbers that the Czechs had had they had those two extra games played on their uh, roster, looking at guys like Servek Petrovsky and Philip Meshar and uh, those guys especially that um, could have scored a little bit more. Maxim Sturbeck too and potentially Dalibor Dvorsky. I bet he he's kind of wishing he had done a little bit more, but um, that was just a tough break in overtime. The The Finns were really good. That was a determined team. I don't know what happened there at the end of that game. It was I think that was more Czech determination than anything. Um, that was that was a con- a comeback unlike I've seen in many hockey games. So uh, a great wrap on a great World Junior tournament. Um, let's let's hope the United States are favorites again next year. I think they will be with that BC line returning. Um, so we'll see. Also, Trey Augustine, the goalie for the team in the gold medal game, it will be eligible to return. He's a Detroit Red Wings pick. So um, the news of the day is William Nylander signing an eight-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs, $92 million, $11.5 million a year. Did I get that right, Raven? Is that is it 92? Let me double check. 11 and a half times eight. I, I didn't know that there'd be a ton of math involved in all this. It is $92 million, so I'm not... Yeah, 92 for eight years. That college degree at DePaul really paid us off, huh? $11.5 <laughs> Hey, I'm also a film major, so my math, I had like one math class. It was quantitative reasoning. Yeah, man. I You know, they don't tell you that... You're going to need any sort of math later on in life, especially when you start off getting a, a music degree and then a sports communication degree. There's, there's not a heavy emphasis placed on mathematics. And Sadly, no. No. Once so, you leave high school in America, math kind of goes out the window if you're not in engineering, physics, or some sort of math-based science. We're not the only ones that have to do math, though. The Toronto Maple Leafs will have to be doing some math in the near future with this William Nylander extension. They also are locked in with the Austin Matthews extension that he signed the 13-plus. I don't I don't know if it's 13-and-a-half, um, but Mitch Marner needs a new contract this summer as well. Um, John Tavares, Matthews is at 13.25, excuse me, Um but Nylander will be at 11.5. John Tavares is at 11. Mitch is at 10.9. And Morgan Riley is at 7.5 if you want to lump him in. Um, so that's a lot of the cap. That <laughs> is a lot of the cap. And I don't know if you can win with close to $50 million, basically, in all of those guys. And it, it, it's tough. You know, hockey is a game where you need 22 individuals pulling on the same rope to get consistent efforts. And when you don't have talent at a noticeable margin or by a wide margin in a position, it does become very noticeable. And if you can't afford the talent, then you either have to draft and develop well, but when you're a Contender like the Leafs, you 
are spending your draft capital to acquire deadline deals and, you know, give up uh, bad contracts, right? Uh, Sam Renzel, member of the... The, the Hawks had four players, Raven, I think, on the U.S. World Junior Team. The Hawks had four prospects. Wow. Um, I might be wrong. It might have been three. I know it was Oliver Moore and Sam Renzel and Gavin Hayes are three. There might have been a fourth. Um, but Sam Renzel was drafted by the Hawks with a pick that they used to take on Peter Mrazek and his contract from the Leafs. And Peter Mrazek is now playing incredibly, like I mentioned earlier. So um, the, the the draft capital is bare. It is four. The odds of hitting... I'm sorry? It is four. Gavin Hayes, Oliver Moore, Frank Nazir III, and Sam Renzel. Frank Nazar, yeah. He had a, and he had a great tournament, too. I'm, yeah, he had eight assists in seven games. No goals, but over a point a game. So... Uh, yeah, Frank Nazar is is good, and he, he had a tough season last year with some injury and uh, is having a nice bounce back. So happy to see him win a gold medal too. But back to William Nylander. Um, it, it's when you don't have guys like that, I know they have Fraser Minton and Easton Cowan, and we'll see what those guys end up becoming. Um, but you need players that can win now. So there's been the talk always of what would – like, let's trade William Nylander, but realistically, what are you trading William Nylander for that is equal to or greater than the production that he brings to the table right now? The answer is likely nothing. So when you dig into that further, you, you have to just pay the man. And he wants to stay in Toronto, and he wants to be there for eight years, and that's not the most common thing for a star of his caliber especially. Um so there's a lot of chatter about the contracts this, the contracts that. I think the contract is fine. I think all parties involved win when a number like $11.5 million is on the table, right? And um, we'll see how it goes as far as filling up the rest of the roster. I mean, that's the that's the beauty and the fun and the challenge of being part of the team that gets to construct and build rosters, right? Is uh, dealing with the trickiness of salary caps and... Um, the NHL salary cap also might be going up, folks. So we'll we'll see how that ends up unfolding. But um, William Nylander with an $11.5 million extension. Raven, are you all right if I switch us to a little bit of women's hockey talk for a second? Go for it. So I've been all over this women's hockey league. It is great hockey. It's exciting to see what they're doing. They're making it really fun and really accessible. We've already had two attendance records for professional women's hockey broken already. Uh, the PWHL Ottawa broke the attendance record for a pro women's game in their home opener. And then PWHL Minnesota did the same on Saturday with over 13,000 at the XL Energy Center, which is an NHL barn, folks. And um, yeah. Uh, five games have been played so far. The road team won uh, the first four of the games. Minnesota did win their game on Saturday over Montreal. Uh, Grace Zumwinkle had a hat trick. And it's just fun to see. Raven, I don't know if you caught any of the clips or if you see any of it pop up on your feed. But just the energy in that building in Minnesota Saturday was so fiery and 
the game was honestly like must-watch hockey. I was watching that over a few of the game. You know, you only have so many screens, right? And I try and catch a little bit of everything. But um, I did keep the PWHL game a little bit longer. And uh, the fans get really into it, especially in a state like Minnesota, It's which is also why it's a good uh, to see the World Juniors going back there. It's a state that really cares about minor hockey. So say, it's probably the biggest state in America that has a huge following in hockey, like how Canada does. I mean, Minnesota, Michigan, some of the Dakotas, I would say, are pretty popular. But, like, at the same time, I really do think it's mainly those two and maybe some of New England, like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. I would say those are probably, like, the biggest places that are, like, statewide love of hockey in America. Oh, you got yeah. your cities. Like, I know Atlanta loves their hockey. Like, a lot of the people I talk to that are Atlanta uh, hockey fans like really miss the thrashers and want a team to come back i know they have a i believe it's like a minor league affiliate out there in gwinnett county but atlanta yeah gwinnett oh yeah the the gladiators yeah the gwinnett gladiators yeah i've been to one of their games that was a pretty fun game um they um yeah i mean no minnesota is a good it, it's a good place for hockey it's a good like the, they people will pull up and show out to a PWHL Minnesota game because why wouldn't you? It's it's great hockey. It's really exciting. It's better than a lot of the hockey in the world, and um, so it uh, it's really thrilling that they're breaking attendance records and making the games accessible on YouTube is really key when uh, they don't have a broadcasting deal. They have they have some games being broadcasted in Canada, but. It's not on ESPN Plus or anything like that yet. Um, it should be though, man. Like the get on that ESPN if you really can. You know, maybe we can acquire the broadcasting rights from PWHL. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll be able to afford it, but just a little too expensive for our budget, I would say. But the battle of the winless teams too was supposed to take place tonight in Ottawa visiting Boston, but that game is delayed until um, further notice for weather delays so i guess there was some some travel issues as far as ottawa coming to boston so crazy weather we're getting not to like be the guy that talks about the weather at all but um it's gonna be getting like cold here soon just to say we're supposed to get one to five inches tonight and then uh it's supposed to drop down to like 10 degrees apparently like canada's been holding all the cold weather and we're about to like we're have it released upon us as part of a, I don't know, release of Canada's cold weather. That happened, uh, I want to say, last Christmas in America where it just got a huge polar polar vortex from Canada came down. And I remember it was like sub-zero uh, temperatures with windshield and super windy for like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it doesn't get too cold here, but... It is nice to see the snow falling down too. So, um, might go might go for an outdoor skate one of these days if I can get my lazy rear end out of the house. Um, so four games on tap tonight in the NHL. Pretty quiet night. We got the Vancouver Canucks visiting the Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins at the Philadelphia Flyers, Dallas Stars at the Minnesota Wild, and Boston takes on the Avalanche in Colorado, folks. Um, 
good games. Really good games. Small number of games, but they're all really high-quality matchups. So that is really exciting. Um, the one I'm looking out for is the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Philadelphia Flyers, though. And this is a game that hasn't meant as much in recent years. I think we might have talked about this even a little bit with Panos. Yeah, I think we mentioned it a quick second. But but this used to be like one of the top-tier rivalries in the NHL. And even as recently as the Sidney Crosby area, era with the the playoff battles that those two teams had. I think it was the one particular first-round matchup is sticking out in my mind. But... Um, the games have meant less in recent years. Sidney Crosby still gets up for them, but now that he has even a bit more of a core that can put up a fight, um, it gives more reason for him to get up for these games. So look out for that matchup tonight. The Flyers are really good. Um, it, this is kind of a prove-it part of your season where you have the next 10, 15 games to kind of dictate where you want the rest of the games to go. You know, you've you've performed above expectations. Nobody really gave you a chance. You use that as motivation. Um, you have John Tortorella as your coach. And you do the hard work that it is put in front of you. And you knock off these teams. Um, they beat Calgary when Calgary probably thought that they had a better likelihood of winning that game. And they just continue to put back impressive win after impressive win. So um, looking out for that one tonight especially. But four really good games on tap with the NHL tonight. Um, another quick uh, international hockey point I'd like to bring up too is the the women's under-18s uh, started a little bit ago. Started a couple days ago. I think we're in day three of the tournament today. Um the United States, I think, is taking on uh, Switzerland. So the tournament's taking place in Switzerland. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. The U.S. is taking on Switzerland later on in the day. Um, but it is... So this tournament is more of a world juniors for them because there is no under-20 tournament as of right now for the for the women. Um there has been talks of that changing, which I think would be really fun. I think it would put more spotlight on the women's game, um, especially the under-20 level, too, because you do have under-19 post-high school grad. like that. That's a part of the women's hockey culture in the U.S. and in Canada, especially, is like taking like a junior hockey year, I guess. So it's prevalent with the men, but they have like under 19 and under 20 and under 21 women's hockey club teams and that play scheduled games all throughout the year. So the, the app and they're all committed to great schools and really talented players and you get the best of the best and it would be good. You could even do it in like the same cities as the men's and make it just like a big festival and it would be incredible. So um, but the under 18s is going on right now. A lot of really good talent. I won't profess to know too much of it, but I have been watching some of the games and they're really exciting. Um, the Slovaks have a player, uh, Nela Lopesanova. She's really talented. She's just gross at hockey. I, I, I don't know. She's like 16 years old Raven and she's one, probably the best player in this tournament. 
it, it's hard when you're younger, right? Um, but she dominated this tournament last year, and um, they wanted to put her on the 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 senior team for the world championship. So like the you know like the senior women's team, mm-hmm. and the IIHF said that she was too young to play. <laughs> so even though she would have been really good in the tournament, probably. And uh, so she's over playing in Rochester, New York now, her first season in North America at the Bishop Kearney Selects program. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know too many of these other players. I'm sure I know most of Team USA and Team Canada are all committed to a lot of like really good Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Wisconsin, um, Michigan, right? Um, I, I, I actually don't know if Michigan has a women's program. We might have to take that one out. Um, that, that's a joke, by the way, everybody. Um, so, but yeah, just shout out to the, shout out to that, the under 18s. And I, I, I do hope that eventually we see an under 20s in women's hockey. I think it's, I think it's time for something like that. Um, especially with the hype that the world juniors has even gotten in, recent years it's not that old of a tournament it's a 48 year old tournament to my knowledge 49 and um it, it, i think it's time to to grow it i know the, another winter time tournament the spangler cup uh invitational tournament has expanded to have a, a it's just a women's hockey game that they do with the davos team but um they did it and it looked pretty incredible and Women's hockey is going in a good place between the PWHL and the under-18s, and it, it's going in a good spot. And if you don't like women's hockey, hockey is hockey. So um, whether whatever whatever kind of version of it, it it is, it is still the game, and it does... Uh, what, I don't know what saying I'm looking for, Raven, that it's like, you know, good for one does good for all, right? It's like the shows on our network. If one show does good, they all do good, right? So if one person eats, everyone eats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the more that women's hockey does good, it does it lifts up the entire sport nationwide. So uh, nice to see that. I'm going to be giving that a lot of shout out and attention um, as that grows because it's fun to also watch things grow, right? If if this women's league is done the right way, it'll really grow into something special that uh, could dominate a really cool market for women's sports um, because, in my opinion, it's the the most exciting of the the sports out there as far as both the men and the women go. So um, they, they play at a great pace. They, they hit this league. The, the refs have decided to not call many penalties <laughs> throughout and put away the whistles a little bit, and it's fun because especially when you're – Seeing a lot of the women action being uh, at these international IIHF events where the penalties are a bit more loose and fast as far as how often and frequent they're called, um, it's nice seeing the whistles put away for a little bit of shoulder-to-shoulder contact into the boards. So uh, the NHL, like I mentioned, released their first batch of uh, All-Star Game nominees. Connor Bedard was named, Sidney Crosby was named, Austin Matthews was named, uh, no real surprises other than that. David Pasternak was named and Nikita Kucherov. Uh, those are in the East. We have Nathan McKinnon in the West. Um, no real surprises. Connor Hellebuck representing the goalies. 
Connor McDavid, of course, no, no doubt about it. Cam Talbot for the Kings has been a nice story. And then uh, Quinn Hughes and Jack Eichel, no surprises there. Um, so I think the All-Star game this year, I know we, we talked about the All-Star game with Panos too, but I think it's going to be more entertaining this year than it has been in a, in a while. Uh, the, the draft format's going to be really exciting. Um, I hope these players get an opportunity to really showcase their personality um, at the at the draft. So we'll look out for the the fan votes. I think is how they're they're. It's how I I know I think, but I don't know how many spots are left. I think there's maybe twelve. Um, well, there's ten or twelve if I remember correctly from what yeah. you're telling me. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see where the rest of that goes. Um, but other than that, we're gonna we're gonna keep it pretty short here today. We're we're, we're tight on time. Uh, we we recorded earlier, like I said, we have another show on the network on on the gravel, on the gravel. Underwent a name change. We're we're growing we're growing the brand here. So uh, be on the lookout for changing covers and changing pages and stuff. Frequent show announcements and schedule updates and uh, but. So F1 is coming out Monday. We'll, we'll be coming at you every morning, uh, generally at more of an earlier time. Obviously, the show is called Good Morning Hockey. So we will uh, be sure to catch you at an earlier part of your day. But uh, thank you, as always, for coming and checking us out. If you ever do, click like if you like us. Um, Subscribe if you really do. Um, we uh, hope to be a part of your listening schedule in the future. Uh, check out all our shows, and we'll be back tomorrow morning. See you, everyone. <laughs>